Hey there, welcome to our Steelers show. Um, I'm Chris, got Paul and Joe. We talk Steelers with you. Uh, got two more segments tonight. First of all, we're going to talk about the Steelers, what was it, 16-15 win over Jacksonville. Ooh. They're winning by weird scores. I don't know if there's ever been a 16-15 game in the NFL, but the Steelers won. Uh, they're 2-0 in the preseason. Uh, again, preseason records don't matter. I just want to talk about how the players did. And then we're going to talk about the big controversy in the second segment. Who's supposed to start for the Steelers at quarterback? And we'll take a look at the upcoming game against Detroit. Guys, the preseason's almost done. I, I never thought football season would come. Now preseason's gone. Before we know it, the NFL season will be over. What about that? Did I miss yeah. the season? What happened? No, it's, just, <laughs> it's going by too quick. I mean, in the oh, summer, okay. I'm like, man, I can't wait for the NFL. And now we're in week three of the preseason. Yeah. Before we know it, it's going to be halfway gone. So enjoy it while we can. That's what I say. Well, it hasn't even started yet. We're fine. Yeah, but we're in week three. It's all slipping away. That's preseason. That's real thing right. hasn't started. Yeah, we got 17 weeks of regular season, I guess. So. Yeah. We got plenty. Fine. All right. And then we got way a week between preseason and regular season. I hate right. that. I want to go right into the regular season. That's another pet peeve of mine. All right, but let's talk about this game. Sewers uh, win over Jacksonville. Um, quarterbacks, it, it's interesting. Um, none of these guys are like super franchise type, but they all look pretty good. Um, you know, Kane Pickett, um, Paul has that Kane Pickett look on his eyes. We'll talk <laughs> a lot more Kane Pickett in the second segment, but I thought he looked good. I, he had two drives. Uh, one drive, eh, looks like a rookie. But second drive, drove him down the field, had a touchdown. They pulled him. Um, Mitch Trubisky, uh, it was interesting. Um, the offense line stunk, uh, but he got out of danger a bunch of times. He, but he missed on two real key passes. Um, he had Deontay Johnson a long pass, and he just missed him. I mean, Deontay Johnson was wide open. It could have been a touchdown. Then he had a weird pass to the sideline and almost got picked. Um, and then Mason Rolf looked okay. Uh, nothing spectacular, but he played pretty well. And then Chris Oldokin. Like, I'm like, give me my Chris Oldokin. I think he's going to be the, the surprise quarterback. Uh, he never played. He's released now. He's no longer a sealer. It's talked it might bring him back, but he's not there right away. Um... I think I know Paul's answer, so let's start with Joe. What do you think? Uh, who impressed you the most? Who impressed me the most? Show me yeah. something different? <clears throat> uh, I, Mason Rudolph. I mean, came in and was efficient and did the thing and pulled out a win. I yeah. mean, what more do you want to ask? I think the whole preseason, my, my biggest question has always been the poise of all these three guys in crunch time that's the i think otherwise skill wise they seem to be pretty well pretty evenly matched um but it's the the poise in the pocket and figuring out uh how to how to eke out a win the way that roethlisberger did for so long that's the that's the steelers football that i love so it's all about when it's panic time how do they operate so watching somebody open the game for and and go do what was it two two drives did he do before he oh, for Pickett 
or no, Trubisky. Trubisky. Like it wasn't three. It, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't no, long. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the part of the the part of the game that's important to me at, in preseason. And yeah, you talked a lot about that two minute drive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it was funny. Like Trubisky showed great escapability. He kind of looked like old school Ben. You know, avoiding the sacks and everything. Those two missed passes scared me a little bit. Um, Pickett, there was a viral play. You may have seen the video on Twitter. Uh, Kendrick Green totally missed a block um, when he was protecting oh, Pickett. Gosh. The guy just ran right by him pretty much. Right by him. And to Pickett's credit, he got rid of the ball. Now, I, I couldn't tell if it was a completion or not, but it could have been a huge sack. He could have fumbled the ball, but he got rid of it. And, again, one play... Um, but I, I kind of liked uh, Pickett's poise that he showed. Um, Paul, how much did you like Pickett from this game? I, I think with every week, I'm feeling more confident in my place on the Kenny Pickett train, which I've been on since before the start of last season. Um, with every week, I think he's showing me that, yeah, I, I – at first, I was like, yeah, I could see the value of him sitting. And now my thought is, no, just put him out there week one. Okay. We'll talk more about that as we preview the Lions game because there's a question out there, who's going to play and how long? I mean, it's a preseason game, but, you know, there's some questions about Pickett. You know, can Pickett start? Well, is Pickett going to be able to play or is it going to be a full game of Mason Rudolph? Who knows, you know? Um, running back, kind of wild, man. They didn't run the ball that much at all. It was like about 10 carries. Offensive line was terrible. They started the game with Benny Snell. Um, I thought Benny Snell made some Is that your way out of having a, having really bad offensive line issues? Yeah. Benny Snell showed nothing as a running back. He did show, he did play good special teams. And I think he might make the team just based on the special teams alone. Uh, but he didn't play that much. I think Jalen Warren had two or three carries, looked okay, but he didn't play that much. They really didn't run the ball that much. And again, preseason, let's relax. But I don't know, Paul, did you find it weird they didn't run it? Yeah, I mean, for all the talk about reestablishing the run game, um, but I, and I don't know if they're yeah, just still experimenting. If Hopefully this isn't going to be a thing for the regular season, but I, I don't know what more in terms of the running game, you know, forget special teams in terms of running. I, I don't know what more we need to see from Benny Snell. Um, it's, I think we've seen who Benny Snell is and it's a I, special I, teams guy. <laughs> I will tell you, unless there's injuries, your third running back's not going to get that many carries. I mean, right. to be honest. I'm really thinking. I, I did look for Snell in special teams. He made a couple tackles that were pretty nice. I was reading about how they, they're even using Jalen Warren, the guy who should be the second uh, running back on special teams. I don't know, Joe. Tell me if I'm crazy. I wouldn't be shocked if they keep three running backs. Maybe you see Harris, Warren, and Snell just based on how Snell does in special teams. And, you know, he's not going to get carries. But if he plays good, you need good special teams, guys. And, you know, he may not care the ball at all, which is fine. I'd much rather see Harrison Warren do it. But the Steelers, they 
they run one running back into the ground, and we keep asking them to change it. They'll probably run Harris until he falls over, um, and maybe Warren gets a couple carries, but you may not even see Snell play. I don't know. Do you see any scenario where Benny Snell is a running back for Steelers this year? I mean, I feel like he'll probably be on the roster. Um, I definitely, when you were talking before about whether or not Steelers would carry three running backs, I definitely think that'll happen. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, being Benny Snell, I don't know. I still feel like <laughs> I'm still holding out hope that some of these cuts that I'm seeing other teams make, and there's some quality running backs that are just hanging out there, not even really kind of the people that we've been talking about for a long time, about getting a veteran presence and somebody you can really – you know who's used to taking up a lot of yards, but not, you know, not coming in to be the the RB one. But uh, there's some there's some quality runners who are getting cut from teams right now, uh, and I feel in some ways more confident with one of those guys than I do with anybody after Harris. Yeah, Kenyon Drake was the guy that kind of stuck out to me a little bit. He got cut from the Raiders. He's out there. Yeah, I spotted that today, too. Yeah, so that became an intriguing option that I saw that was out there. Uh, but, I, yeah, I don't know what the coaches are seeing in practice and what they're what they're thinking, but it's just that has still has not shown up in a game. Like, this was the chance, really, for right. Benny Snell to come out and prove that uh, he had something more in the tank that we had not seen, and he absolutely did everything that he's done for every time we've ever seen him. I like how Jalen Warren runs. Um, Benny Snell, like, there was a really weird quick pitch where they pitched in the ball and the play developed slowly and Snell developed slower and it was like a three- or four-yard loss. But Warren, he always gets yards. I mean, he's... he's yeah. I, 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 I... Yeah, I think yeah, Kenyon Drake, I would like that. But I, 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 I'm okay with Warren being our number two running back. I think so. Could, could you imagine the nap I will have on Sundays if for whatever circumstances we have to play out the season with Trubisky and Snell? Right. That well, I, will, I will nap on Sundays. Here's how I would take it. If you keep Snell on the team, I don't think it's the worst case scenario to play special teams. But if Najee got hurt, you, I want Snell as the second running back. You know what I mean? I, I mean, make him like that hybrid guy that – I mean, almost put him on the roster as a special teams guy. Don't even put him on there as a running back. I mean, if he gets hurt, yeah, you're definitely going to go out and find a running back. I mean, yeah. you, if, if you're thinking about the quarterback situation, the tight end situation, the running back situation, are, are we – are they really keeping three at each of those positions? Usually – NFL teams can keep three running backs, but it all depends on how they do it. I mean, you know, you might even look at the tight end. I mean, you got four tight ends that are playing pretty well, and, you know, you can keep four tight ends and two running backs. I mean, there's a lot of different things you could do right there. But, I mean, if if nobody picks up an offer to pick up Rudolph, are you really going to practice squad one of those three guys? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I don't think anybody's trading for Rudolph. And to be honest, if they do, why would you trade Mason Rudolph for a, maybe a fourth-round pick? How much of anybody's going to give you a fourth-round pick? Um, the Raiders traded their backup, Nick Mullins, to Minnesota. They hardly got anything back for him. 
And, yeah, I think it was know, like a seventh round or something. Yeah. It was insane. Like, so, might as well have been like a box of candy bars. Right. <laughs> so if you really wanted to trade Mason Rudolph and say, okay, we're going to trade him, somebody will give you a six-round pick for him. But is that worth it? I, I, I don't know. Uh, but I don't know. Right. We just threw away a, a, a quarterback at the se- in the seventh round. Why, yeah, would we, why would that happen? And see, I don't get that. Why does an old Doken just make your practice squad? I mean, I what was the point of releasing him? I mean, I wasn't thinking he was going to be a starting quarterback, but what was the point of just releasing him? Now, I saw Mike Tomlin today say, hey, there's a possibility he could come back. So it's not that old Oaken's gone forever, but it, it just was weird. I I didn't think old Oaken was going to be an NFL quarterback, but why you draft the guy that you just throw away? You know, I don't know. Because um, you're also keeping Derek Watt, essentially, to just be a special teams guy. And so, I mean, I, one of these positions you're going to have to cave in on. Yeah. Um, wide receivers, I don't know. I mean, I saw Deontay get a couple of catches. I saw uh, Pickens get a couple of catches. I, I think the one guy I wanted to really point out and tell me if there's somebody else you want to talk about, I thought Chase Claypool looked pretty good. And I've been down a little bit on Chase Claypool. He played the slot. I don't think I've ever seen him play a slot before. But Pickens, when he plays, is more of like a on-the-end guy uh, with Johnson. But, man, Claypool played the slot. He he had a couple of nice catches. Uh, he, you know, towered over, you know, smaller defensive backs. I wasn't sure if Claypool was going to be that slot guy. But, man, he looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, put him in a situation where he's not just always trying to make a tiptoe catch on the sideline, which was pretty much the only thing he did last year. <laughs> right. <clears throat> and right. To- I'm also wondering when uh, Calvin Austin is coming back, where he fits into this mix. Because I'm, you know, my sense on him was that he is specialty is really slot receiver. Yeah. So, well, how many of those you got? <laughs> I'm I'm thinking the year starts, assuming they keep all the guys above him. Austin's probably your fourth receiver to start the year. It's funny he's been hurt a lot, which has not helped him at all. But I I saw a report from Adam Schefter the other day where Schefter was calling out Austin, saying, "Yeah, he's looked pretty good when he's been healthy." Yeah, and everyone's talking about you know Pickens, but you know he was talking about Austin too, which which is cool. Yeah, I mean, all the footage that I've seen on him seems really, really positive. He's really a good, you know, yards after the catch kind of guy, finding the seams and whatever. But if injuries are going to be a thing, durability is huge, especially if that's what you're doing. I tell you, I was watching the first play as they approached scrimmage, and you had Pickens and Deontay and Claypool's receivers, Firemuth as your tight end. Nods as you're running back away. Man, that's not a bad skill position set of guys to have out there. Hopefully, they stay healthy. Yeah, it was but, kind it of, be, but it would be nice if the uh, if 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 there was anything on the offensive line. Right. Yeah, and let's talk about that. Let's shy away from tight ends. There was no. I mean, I think Firemuth had like two nice catches. We expect out Firemuth. I mean, if Firemuth was dropping everything, yeah, I'd spend a while talking about Firemuth, but he looked good. But, man, the offense line was rough. I, I think especially Dan Moore uh, graded real low. Uh, James Daniels, hey, on paper, you'd think James Daniels would be the best guy out there. He had a rough night. Uh, who else was rough? Oh, Kendrick Green. Green. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. That, saw that mashup of a bunch of plays, and it's just he's got beat. He's got beat all the way around the head and neck and ears uh, all night long, and uh, that's not a great sign when you're just getting roughed up that bad against Jacksonville. One of the guys I like to read on uh, DK Sports, Dijon Kovacvic, um, he, he was talking about, I guess he's gotten to know some of the offensive line. He said, like, afterwards, they were embarrassed by the poor play. I mean, they, they said the locker room after the game was kind of <clears throat> sullen. I mean, no one's really celebrating preseason wins, but they knew, the team knew after the game, hey, we sucked out there. You know, our offensive line played porous and everything. Um, but, you know, as uh, Dijon said, you know, you got to see how they snap back. Just because they feel bad that they play bad doesn't mean they're going to come back and be great. Um, they got a lot to prove. And uh, Tomlin kept the starters out to the third quarter in terms of the offensive line. I think he's trying to send them a message. And, you know, we'll see if they play better. And, again, preseason game, don't put all your stock into it. But I want to see the offensive line look better at least than they did against Jacksonville. All right, any other thoughts on the offense line or the offense? Yeah. Um, I, I guess we could mention kicker, but technically that's part of the offense. Uh, Chris Boswell, um, he missed a really weird kick to start the game. <laughs> uh, it was a 41-yard field goal, but I, I guess he didn't get all of it, and it hit the upright. Um, it's one missed field goal. Let's relax, but kind of scared me. I'm, I'm so used to Chris Boswell making by everything. Any reason to worry, or or is it just he's human? You know, he's not going to make every field goal he tries. I mean, he had one season a few years ago where he was kind of a mess. Hopefully it, this isn't setting up for a repeat of that. Well, it scared me, too, because their first touchdown, he barely made the extra point. <laughs> I mean, he made it, but it just went weird. Yeah, I remember that. There was a really bad year for Chris Boswell. I'm like, no, not again. <laughs> We need Chris Boswell make it every field goal he you know he tries for. So are you worried about Chris Boswell at all, Joe? No. Preseason. <laughs> not worried it's about it. optimism. All right, let's move to defense. There are so many other concerns. Oh yeah, yeah. Boswell's not a concern. Yeah, if you're worried about Chris Boswell, it's going to be a rough year for Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, defensive line. I, the, the run defense was okay. It wasn't spectacular, but I, I felt better about it. Um, defense line, I liked o- Ogunjobi. Was in a lot of plays. I, I liked that guy. Um, Ty Lulu made some plays, too. Um, you always wonder, when is he, he going to get too old? When is it going to go downhill? And he played pretty well in his first game. I, I don't think – I think there's going to be a rotation. I don't think you're going to see Ty out there 100% of the game. But I saw him knock some balls down. I was like, man, I missed that guy. Uh, I was glad to see him out there. Ogunjobi was around uh, a lot on the plays. Um, they gave Cam Hayward a night off, so he didn't play. Uh, that's what I saw from the defensive line. Any of you guys have any thoughts about the defense line? No. Okay. Uh, linebacker, Devin Bush. I saw him in more plays. I wouldn't say he was spectacular. He but couldn't he, be in less plays. Right, right. <laughs> well, you kind of look for, like, after run, like, is he on the ground near the ball? And I saw that a lot more than I did in the first game. Uh, Miles Jack, uh, he could be that tackle machine. I mean, 
That's what I liked about James Ferrier. When the, the Sooners got Ferrier as a free agent, he loved the team in tackles. I think Miles Jack could be that guy. He was really, he played well. Uh, TJ Watt had a sack, which was fun to watch. Um, interesting. We'll talk about this more in the next segment. Uh, Gerard Avery was a linebacker who was playing half decent for the Steelers. He got released after the game. So we'll talk next segment about where do they go next. Because right now, I I don't think Heidsmith played. And your third linebacker is Derek Tuska. And I'm not crazy about Derek Tuska as your third linebacker. Because if TJ or Heidsmith get hurt, then, you know, you're starting Derek Tuska, which <laughs> I don't know. Joe doesn't sound too, look too excited about Derek Tuska. I don't know. No, not a ton. I don't know why. I don't. I'm not seeing what they're seeing to release Avery, but uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was strange. Um, defensive backfield. I'll be honest. I watched a decent chunk of the game. I didn't see anything that really moved me either way. I thought Trevor Lawrence was getting passing yards. But I really didn't notice enough to go, oh my gosh, this guy played bad or not. I, I mean, the Steelers only gave him 15 points. And their defense, even when the defense was really great, there was a lot of bend but not break. It wasn't like they didn't give up any yards. They just made the key plays when they needed to. Right. I kind of saw that out of the Steelers' pass defense. I mean, uh, Trevor Lawrence got some passes, but Trevor Lawrence is going to be good. I think Trevor Lawrence is getting better by the year. I think it's going to be half decent this year and look out for him in year three or four. And the Jags have good receivers now. Jags didn't play too bad against the Steelers. So I'm not, if I had to give a grade, maybe a C. I mean, nothing really made me deliriously happy, but nothing ticked me off either. Any, Paul, you probably got to see a little bit more. Any no, I, thoughts? I feel on the this? same, but I, I feel like there's, there could be a lot of that. The bend, the but don't break, which causes great angst, and is maybe right. partly why I'm bald. But there, that that is a common theme for the, our secondary. But I'll be honest, that says NFL. You, you know, you're not going to yeah. get shut down. I mean, guys going to throw for yards and everything, and maybe 50 points is really good. I don't know. All right, any other thoughts on the pass defense, Joe? I, I. It's, oh. it's hard to know when you give Cam the night off. Yeah. Because once he comes back in and he's a whole force in what he's doing, and then it changes what everybody else can accomplish. So, you know, this is what it looks like without Cam. That's what it looked like. <laughs> well, and the tough thing about the preseason is, like, I think T.J. Watt had two series. And he had a sack, and the sack was classic T.J. Watt. I mean, T.J. Watt looks okay. Let's not worry about T.J. Watt. But again, these games' complexion changes when T.J. Watt's playing 80% of the game or 85% of the game uh, over against one or two series. So, I mean, a lot of it, and I'll be honest with you, and hey, we're, we're serious podcasters. We've got to talk about this stuff. But we're talking about, okay, who's the third running back for the Steelers? Well, let's hope and pray that we don't have to worry about the third running back for the Steelers <laughs> halfway through the season. Now, we may have to. I mean... We were worrying about the fourth quarterback of the Steelers a couple of years ago when Ben got hurt. So you never know. But hopefully these things that it's good to talk about now are things that we're like, who cares, you know, halfway through the year. Um, Presley Harvin had a really good game punting. I, I was impressed by that guy. Um, 
and bring the jersey back out of the closet. Yes, yes. And they literally released the other punter after the first game, so it's Presley Harvin's job unless something uh, crazy weird happens. Um, so, yeah, they, they won 16-15. Um, you know, Mason Rudolph had a nice second half. Um, some people could argue, well, he should. I mean, he's playing against with third and fourth stringers and against third and fourth stringers, but he did what he had to do. Uh, they came back and they won the game. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. They played Detroit on Sunday. Uh, we're going to break for a second. We're going to come back and talk about the Steelers-Lions game. Not that we really care who wins, but what we want to see uh, from these guys come in the next game. So, for Paul and Joe, this is Chris. Thanks for checking out part one of the Steelers show. We'll be back soon with another one. Have a good one. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.